Tell you what, Tracy, let's go out for some beers, and I promise I won't talk about serial killers tonight. Seven beers later. If it was up to me, I'd free Charles Manson. <laughs> I did not expect that one. <laughs> well, good. Uh, hello, and welcome again to Thunderdome Metal Reviews. I got a question for you. I got an answer. Do you have Rembrandt as your right hand and Solo as your pilot? <laughs> uh, probably not. And indeed, welcome to Thunderdome Metal Reviews. I am Tracy. And I am Ben. Our journey this week has brought us to the 2001 release of Mushroom Heads XX. Double X album. What are your initial thoughts? Or as initial as they can be after 18 years. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I guess definitely this album was released during the height of the mask wars between Slipknot and Mushroom Head to her the fans for either band would just shit on the other band when they showed up in town. Like, Slipknot couldn't play in Cleveland, and Mushroom Head couldn't play in Des Moines, Iowa, because... Both terrible fates. Yeah, they shit got fucking crazy with those shows. <laughs> <laughs> so, my initial thoughts after... I think I got the album in 2004, so after 15 years, is... It's a solid album. I think it does have some weaknesses it does have some strengths you can definitely tell that it was written in the late 90s early 2000s is when the majority of the writing was taking place it's got a very industrial new metal style almost to it that is strong throughout the whole album it's got the wonderful here's 20 tracks and nothing but silence but mushroom head was kind enough to edit the album to where it was only four seconds of silence a track so you can just skip all of it instead of having to listen through 10 minutes of silence yeah. Um, my initial thoughts were it didn't feel like an album, and there's a very good reason for that, because it's actually just a major label repackaging of their three um, independently released albums. Uh, it came out on both Eclipse and Universal in 2001. So yes, definitely in that new metal time frame. Um, so there's a very distinct reason for that. Creative use of samples, um, but it did not feel like an album to me when I was listening to it, and that's why, because it's taken from three distinct albums. So that really compromised it for me. Mm -hmm. It didn't have any real flow to it. Part of that could just be the sequencing of these tracks from various times in the, the band's history. It also sounded like a soundtrack to a video game or something to me. I mean, a couple of these songs did appear on soundtracks for movies for sure. I think. Early 2000s metal was liberally being pulled from for Freddy vs. Jason, Alien vs. Predator. Like, songs wouldn't show up in the movie, but there was a soundtrack with those songs on it. Right. And um, I get what you mean by it sounded like three different albums. And I knew there were chunks of it taken from previous demos. I didn't figure the whole album was. I guess that kind of explains mm -hmm. how you have like a 2001 release for this album. And then their next album is like a year later. Right. And I think part of it is I got both this album and their follow-up album right at the same time from a friend at school when uh napster was the big deal and like burning cds was just the first thing and so you'd kind of tape like it was tape trading back in the 80s you'd here's a burnt copy of this cd here's a burnt copy of this cd and you'd trade cds back and forth yeah and at the time i remember it being a big deal the slipknot versus mushroom head of course hindsight you can look at and see where they're at today 
And you can obviously tell which one had more commercial success from that deal. But I would say that Mushroom Heads, part of it is their own fault. Because I don't think, currently, I think they have all three members. Which you have J-Man and Jeffrey Nothing from the XX and the, I'm going to say 13 album. Because that's a mouthful trying to say it the other way. And you have Wayland from Save Your Sorrow that was released in like 2007 with them as well. But outside of those guys, I don't think anybody from the first two albums is on the albums. I think they're all gone. The only person who has been on every album is the drummer, Steve Belt. And you're looking at the demos and stuff on that as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, not, they're not really demos, but yeah. Well, I can know Jeffrey, nothing's been the sole standalone vocalist for so long, and the dude's like 60. <laughs> I don't think he's quite that old. He, he up there in years. But compared to the rest of the band, he's up there in years. Kind of similar to like Sean Crahan is with Swipknot. Um, yeah, Jeffrey Nothing, for those of you who don't know, is the clean vocalist. And honestly, I didn't really care much for him on this because it, he seemed to be using some weird accent through a lot of it, which made it very theatrical, which is kind of why I thought it was soundtrack music. Um, but yeah, he's 56. So yeah, he was a lot closer to 60 than I thought he was. So, yeah, I, I just, um, there's definitely talent there. Um, and this is the second week in a row where we reviewed a band that has two different singers uh, coming from a clean and a fry vocal styling. Mm -hmm. um, and this week, I thought the fry vocals of J-Man were much, much better than Jeffrey Nothing. And J-Man also has like a very distinctive like rap sound to it, and he plays more into that in their next album. Um, when J-Man did left, leave due to family reasons, I think his dad got cancer, and, you know, he left the band to help take care of him. Mm -hmm. They got Wayland, who could do both clean and try vocals, which, that's a discussion we can have if we ever get to Save Your Sorrow. Right. But, as a whole, for me, this album is kind of, like, when we went back and re-listened to it for this podcast, and a couple times I've re-listened to it, I didn't realize how much of this album I had listened to when I was younger. Like, I knew I'd listened to some songs a lot. But I didn't realize how much of this album I'd listened to, like, on repeat. How much I'd figured new, like, as I'm going through it, track by track this time. It's like, oh shit, I still know this song. I know this song. I know this song. I know this song. And it yeah, just stayed that way. And so, for me, this album kind of has played a major, been like a background soundtrack that I didn't realize was there for my life for chunks of it. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of nice revisiting that and be like, oh, we've got this here. Yeah, I want to uh, continue my habit of highlighting basis. Pig Venus is the shit. He is. But I also want to give a shout out to Mr. Murder Mickle, who was the basis on their first album. So on the first set of tracks that I mentioned earlier, he was the basis. But both of them did a really, really good job. And I really liked that. Honestly, you know, it, since you brought up the Slipknot comparison... There are tracks on this that I think are better than the tracks off Slipknot's first major label debut. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at the time, I would have probably considered them neck and neck. Actually, to be completely honest, at the time in 2001, I probably didn't know the difference in the bands because I didn't pay that much attention to this style, even though I don't think Slipknot ever leaned as much into new metal as Mushroomhead did. They've got some songs. But, well, I mean, I, I don't recall Corey ever really rapping on anything, so that's what I mean by that. Oh, 
He raps in one song off the first album, and I'm going to get crucified by any fan of Slipknot for not knowing it off the top of my head. But I could uh, say that... You can find him at Cloaca Metal to crucify him, and you can find me at Ben Dangerously. But, uh... It's the one, like, he starts off kind of slow and just kicks into a full rap, and I'm looking it up now. Here we go. It is I remember it him with... No, okay, yeah. On that one, he does, kind of. But... I mean, you can keep up with, like, the first three courses of that, and then he kicks into hyperdrive, and good fucking luck. <laughs> and which... What's, I'm trying to avoid from making this a Slipknot comparison as well. Sure, no, totally. And that's, that's unfair. Because other than the fact that they both wear masks, there's, I don't think they're that similar. I don't either. And I'm going to go off on a whim here and say that I think Slipknot's... Shit, I'm doing it. But like, writing-wise, I feel like Mushroom Head, their songs have kind of stuck with me as I've got older like mm. their songs aren't the happier i don't want to say happier but the songs are like they kind of resonate with me on a deeper level now that i've gotten older and there's a couple songs like when times do kind of seem like you know emotionally confusing and dark that a couple of these songs just really just kind of stick with me for me by them for mushroom head and this is going to be kind of because like, i kind of pull from their library as a whole but you have solitaire unraveling and never let it go um, New Cult King off of this album. You've got uh, Sun Doesn't Rise off their X13, and then like then a couple songs off Save Your Sorrow, which those seven songs or whatever just kind of stick with me on on a deeper emotional level now that I've gotten older compared to when I was younger. I would have to say that the standout tracks to me, you actually mentioned a couple of them. Uh, or Never Let It Go and New Cult King. I think those are probably my two favorite tracks on this album. Uh, I do like Blomp. That was the first song I heard by them, was Blomp. Um, that was, pro- I can't remember what the first song, it, that was probably it. But I, I honestly don't remember. And uh, if, if you haven't listened, that's where the, if it was up to me, I'd free Charles Manson comes from that song. I really liked it, but as I listened to it, this album again and again in preparation for the review I, I liked it a little less every time I, I heard it just because it felt very gimmicky after a while mm-hmm. for me I prefer the longer version of Blomp I don't know there's something about it that just kind of I think it's a little bit better packaged they do change well, the music it is better. they change it a little bit and it just kind of sets better one of the biggest things that sticks out to me about this album is Solitaire Unraveling in which they have the the keyboard part in there when it's like during that part like I had a friend of mine in high school like that shouldn't be in there it draws from the music and I feel like that part in that song actually kind of makes that song right there because you have like your own little keyboard solo even if or a sample but it's not technically a solo right and um one the lyric for me that stuck on this album was Sartre Unraveling and it's you you don't know peace until you find suffering and I'm sure a lot of Mushroom Man fans are like, that's the one! Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to um, one of our listeners and a friend of mine, Buzz Will, who um, is a big Mushroom Head fan. And when I told him that we were doing this, I asked him if there's anything he wanted to say and he about the band that, or any message he wanted me to convey. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I just want to say that all those dudes are super cool. 
Um, they don't care about coming and playing small venues, and they really give to the fans because I think we I think we talked about it off air. But they recently played, like in the last couple of years, Mayfield, which is a tiny ass little town. Well, they scheduled a tour there, and me and a couple of friends were going to go to it, and something happened, and they had to cancel it. Well, but they, but they play they play Clarksville quite often. Yeah. So, I mean, which is bigger than Mayfield by a lot, but still not the biggest town in the area by far. Mm-hmm. And I think Mushroom Head has kind of put that in their wheelhouse is that they are they're much more loyal fan base that's where their bread is buttered while they may only have fewer fans i think those fans are going to drive hours to come see them well they're probably going to have to to be completely honest about it yeah not that that's the fault of the band necessarily but for a band that has had as many lineup changes and singers in and out to to you know inspire that level of loyalty is it's pretty amazing and i have to say that i thought the musicianship on this album outside of the bases was all pretty good mm-hmm. that they were very on the cutting edge um you know trying stuff out they they seem to be fearless in that aspect and i have to give them all kinds of credit for that um even even things that i didn't necessarily like i thought that you know wow i'll, I'll give them full credit for trying that i believe they also did that on purpose it's because well you do have i think they lean more into their industrial side than you do see with some of the newer metal bands like you'd see with what biscuit while they did have like a sampler like it was just kind of here and there what the sampler is a major part of it of mushroom head and his style and like the dj takes a major role along in their writing process and everything yeah i i don't think you can necessarily tell it on this album so much because um, i don't think they had all the Samples, but if you look at the list of samples used on their debut album, it is an incredibly long list. It's like twice the the number of tracks, or pretty close to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were very sample heavy, especially early on. And I can't really speak to to what they did after Double uh, X, but up to this point, they they were incredibly sample heavy. Overall, where would you put their grade at? Uh, for me, like I, uh, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, then I'll tell you. Okay. And my tangent is that I, you know, we have talked so much about albums, and these are album reviews and not song reviews or band reviews and stuff like that. So the fact that this was essentially a compilation of greatest hits from their first three albums really hurt it to me because you could tell that it was disjointed. It kind of went all over the place. So that hurts the grade, and I don't know how often we will run into this, because I think the majority of the stuff we have on here, on our master list that we're pulling from, is actual albums, and not just major label debut. But hopefully we won't run into a similar situation, like so, for those paying attention, we won't be doing Sodar Soul for rock and roll or anything like that. With that said, for me, I would give this a C. Fair enough. I was... With this album, it's been with me as far as I can, and it's been kind of like the background noise, because it hasn't ever really been full up front and center for me, except for a couple of tracks. But the coming to the realization of how much I actually have listened to this album kind of puts into context about where I would put it at. And I feel like because it has been more of a background album, and as opposed to like up front and center of one I went and saw it out and put on play, I don't feel like I can give it a higher grade because of that. I feel like it kind of nudges it down while I did listen to it a lot 
and it's been with me for a long time, it hasn't been as a whole up front and center. So I'm probably leaning more to a C plus, B minus on this end, just as a fact of how I view it through the lenses of 15 years of my life. Sure. But which is it going to be? I'll give it a C plus. Okay. I'm actually surprised that you went that low with it. I expected you to give it a little bit higher than that. If we were doing Save Your Sorrow, I probably would give it a higher grade, but I feel like also Save Your Sorrow is the point of, like, their writing hits its peak. Um, yeah, for me, this is, uh, this is not an album that I will return to. There are songs off of that I will pull off and put on playlists, but um, as far as coming back to listen to Double X as an experience, I don't think I'll ever do that again. And that's where I'm at. I've had four or five, I've had the three or four songs on here that's been on a playlist that shows up on, on whenever I hit random on it. But outside of that, I don't go listen without seeking to listen to 20. Right. Well, this one's a little short comparatively to our last couple of weeks, but I feel like we hit the high notes and the low notes. Yeah, and I, I think that this is, once again, if we had been doing this in 2001, the review might have been completely different. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but we probably would have talked a lot more about the whole Slipknot Mushroom Head conspiracy or controversy, not conspiracy. Although I like that. Maybe I'll name a band Slipknot Mushroom Head Conspiracy. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and they get sued by both. Sue me. I ain't got nothing. Um, anyway, uh, still solid, you know, um, really great musicianship. These guys are in like 60 other bands, and that's just barely an exaggeration. So there's a lot here for if you are a fan to check out and branch off from. If you are a hardcore Mushroom Head fan, which I know a few, I can understand why. Um, it just didn't really click for me in, in those ways. And I feel like we've made a specific purpose of not discussing the controversy because we're not in 2003, 2004 anymore. Exactly. Like these bands are entirely different groups of people, entirely different sounds. And it's just some fuckheads wanting to argue about masks. When in reality, Guar standing over both of them and saying suck it, so. Uh, Guar I like much better, by the way. We'll save that for when we get to a Guar review, but Guar I like much better than either Slipknot or Mushroom Head. And I guess really that's why I was probably unaware at the time, because I, I heard both bands before I ever saw a video or saw photos of them. So I didn't automatically associate them together because of the mask thing. I believe that will do us for this week. Thank you for joining us this week. And tune in next week. On Thunderdome Metal Reviews. And next week we'll be doing what, Tracy? One of the greatest thrash albums of all time. Spoiler alert. Metallica, Master of Puppets. Master. Master. Join us then. Master. Right, thank you for listening. Hit us up on social media and let us know what you think. And why we should be um, crucified for our comments about Slipknot and or Mushroom Head.